Macarion to Stokes, who's onside. Here's Sims. It's a good serve this from Southampton. They could finish the job here. It's Shane Long, and he has done it. Just a minute to play. That's stoppage time. Here's Letizia. Saints FC podcast. Um, I think this is episode 115. It's been a long while since since we recorded our last one. Um, so you know, who, who knows? Probably is. Um, and <laughs> I'm joined by uh, the illustrious, the handsome, the maturing nicely. You know, since the last time I sat opposite him on my computer screen recording a podcast, Tom Parker. How's it going? You're very kind, John. I'm good. Well, yeah, not bad. I'm, I'm pretty good. It's nice to see you and, and lovely to talk to you again. Obviously, we wish it was in better circumstances, but we are where we are. Uh, this is this is the life and glory of being a Saints fan, isn't it, John? Yeah, I mean, this sort of like bringing back the podcast for the sake of it, you know, dusting off the old recording desk you'd have you'd have hoped it was because um you know we'd made it to an fa cup final or we were just on an insane run and just needed to wax a miracle about southampton or you know we'd signed some amazing new player from the Eredivisie who'd scored you know tens of goals and was yeah so it's something along those lines but but we're we're alas no 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 we're here to sort of um to present to our old listeners who've missed our voices, our, our take on the sort of Ralph in versus Ralph out debate. I still occasionally waste my time scrolling through the Saints FC hashtag on, on Twitter. Do you do that as well, Tom? Uh, I've stopped since it's just been relentlessly spammed by streaming webs. Have you seen this? It's just like you go on it. It's just like, there was like bots just churning out like stream the game stream the game stream the game stream the game so but it's it's not the most positive place when you do get to the meat is it john no no it's, it's not um i suppose i mean it you know, we've got to be careful of not you know thinking that twitter is the the sort of the main sort of, i don't know channel of opinion in the country because the vast majority of people don't use twitter but quite a lot do there's quite an active saints fc community um on there We've always had quite a lot of traction with our listeners on, on on that platform, and you know this season, just out of interest, I've run a couple of polls. I ran one um, back in August about you know are people Ralph in or Ralph out, and I think back in August, um, it was it was pretty much Ralph in was was the main vibe, um, and you know it was a time when we I don't. I don't think we'd beaten Leicester at that point. Um, I don't think we'd beaten Chelsea at that point. But people still had a bit of faith. Um, Let's have a look at what the results were. On the 18th of August, 49% Ralph in, 22% Ralph out with 29% unsure. That got 450 votes, so, you know, relatively decent poll size. I did the same um, poll again 
just yesterday over the last 24 hours. This one's had 350 votes, 100 short of our last one, Tom. So, you know, we've lost 100. Still a good. Yeah, in the last It's still a representative sample, yeah. John. It's still representative. Um, and this time it, it's, uh, you know, the, the tides have turned. So it's Ralph out 60% with 20% Ralph in and 20% still sat on the fence and unsure. Um, interesting shift. I mean, I think since then we've won two and lost four. And yeah. I think the four losses is, is, well, three of the losses are probably where we're going to get to it. So, uh, Tom, I was thinking about running this in a sort of like a, you know, a university style debate where Good. I'm going to ask you to sort of put your case for for Ralph being sacked or moved on or mutually agreed to part ways. Yeah. Um, for, for three minutes. And I'm going to have a go at doing the Ralph in like you know and then i think we'll just we'll we'll just chat it out and come to some sort of conclusion and then um you know we know that like dragon so like was a big fan of the podcast um (laughs) one of the reasons why i'm saying say you know i've been been told this up and uh you know basically whatever happens to saints if things don't improve it's probably our fault yeah i think it's a bit it's a heavy burden but we can try and carry it john yeah um so, yeah, Tom. I mean, should should I time you? Should we do? Should we go I, like, I, I can time. Would you want to time? Yeah, do you want? And you give me a little like countdown. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll wave at you across the screen when when you've got like thirty seconds to go. Can, can you get Rachel Riley? Or is that not not possible? Not within our budget, I'm afraid. Ah, oh, god damn it! All right, well let's let's do this then. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready? Go. Let's go. So it's with great sadness and uh, uh, difficulty that I actually have to say I've changed my mind and I am now Ralph out. And I, there's a number of reasons why I've come to this sad conclusion. The first is that something has to give. Uh, I think the loss against Man City aside, we appear a team lost. Uh, even our, our sort of figurehead, James Ward Prowse, appears to have lost his spirit. Our better players, like your Carl Walker-Peters, seemingly, you know, Stuart Armstrongs in particular, seem to not be at the level they were. And the club has changed everything around Ralph. The club has brought in a complete new back staff with a great level of experience. They've backed him in the transfer market, apart from one major thing, which I think John will cover, uh, with, a, with a team of exciting, young, dynamic players, with a huge amount to prove um, and a huge potential ceiling on those players. They've done all of these things uh, rather than change the manager, which is, let's face it, what probably 99% of other clubs would do in that situation. I also think he's stopped kind of enjoying it. We've stopped becoming a team that neutrals would want to watch. You know, we've stopped the high... We don't seem to see the high-level intensity of pressing this season. Uh, we, we're no longer kind of, you know, scoring great team goals uh, so much anymore. And we just look, you know, kind of kind of lost. And I think part of, the, part of it is the, the, the playing stuff. I think that, and whilst this isn't directly on Ralph, you know, he must have a say over recruitment. He must have a say over who goes. And I think we've made big mistakes uh, with the team, and I think Ralph, you know, ultimately has to bear the weight of that. I do believe letting Oriol Romeo go 
was a was a huge mistake, particularly when we ask so much of our two central midfield players. We ask them to cover so much ground. We ask them to play with such aggression. It was almost inevitable that, you know, all right, James Will Prowse appears to be a terminator and he never gets injured. But it was almost inevitable that Lavia or Diallo would get injured and we would need senior experience cover in what is a really young team. And we don't have that. I would also argue that, you know, the, the players we let go in terms of, uh, you know, Redmond haven't been good. Okay, you know, I think we, we miss him. I think we lack creativity. So for all those reasons, um, I just I just think something has to change at the club. And I think there's nothing else left to change apart from Ralph. There we go. With 15 seconds to spare. Oh, Tom, that was quite a compelling argument. I've now got to step up to the plate and take the, the view, which I know is already the unpopular view, <laughs> with just a mere 20% of the 350 people polled uh, plumping for the, for the Ralph in. Um, but I'm going to give it a shot. Okay. Now I need to start my timer as well, so it's fair. Otherwise, I'll just talk. I'll just filibuster you out of this. Um, right, let's go again. So, the reason why Ralph Hasenhuttle should stay as the Southampton manager is he is absolutely perfect for the job. Now, I don't mean that as in he's the best football manager in the world, um, because he's not, but more just he suits Southampton. He is a proper like boom and bust manager we go on these incredible runs get amazing victories and then also suffer the lowest lows you know awful harrowing results you know losing three on the trot uh to the likes of Wolves um Aston Villa and Everton you know off the back of beating Chelsea and Leicester and I th- there's just that that is just Southampton through and through I mean you know when I was growing up in in the 90s, I didn't choose to support Man United and just go with the obvious glory. I chose Southampton, you know, for a number of reasons. Mainly it was hereditary, so I didn't actually have much say <laughs> in it. But it, it sort of, it, it felt special to support a club that was up and down, had moments of magic, had depressing moments. But, you know, things like this, the 6-3 against Man United, you know, also some dreadful losses as, as well in that time, some dreadful performances, some terrible players, some terrible managers... But actually, you know, if you're going to choose a, a manager that typifies Southampton, Ralph Hasenhuttle is it, you know, we go from boom, from bust, you know, we, we go from depression to elation. Um, we have excitement, we have thrills uh, along the way. Um, and I think he's just about good enough to keep us in the Premier League uh, each each season as well. So he sort of guarantees us that, that safety and that sort of bouncing up and down. The, the problem is, you know, if you get a Pochettino, if you get a Ronald Koeman, ultimately they move on. And if you look at the sort of recent records of Southampton managers, um, basically you've got Ralph Hasenhuttle has a win percentage of about 35% in the, in the Premier League. Um, Claude Puel, very similar, 37%. Koeman, 48%, gets nabbed by a bigger club. I'm doing air sort of waves. Uh, Pochettino, 38% win ratio. So only a few percent higher, th- higher than Ralph Hasenhuttle. Um, and he, you know, again, sort of moves on to bigger and better things. 
the likes of Mark Hughes, Mauricio Pellegrino. My God, we don't want to go back there. You know, I'm terrified that if we replace Ralph Hasenhuttle, we're going to have some real doldrum type managers. Again, you know, 22%, 23% win ratios. I mean, Mauricio Pellegrino, the football he played was so dreadful, so boring. Oh, and, man. And, and that's, that's what I'm worried about. So that's why I think we should stick for Ralph. He suits us. We have boom and bust. There'll be some good times, there'll be some bad times, but ultimately we'll stay in the Premier League. And that is my three minutes done. It's, yeah, interesting, John. Um, so. I'm trying to win with the hearts you see here because I think yeah. a lot of the, the sort of the cold heart and sensible things that, that you uh, that you put forward to, put forward <laughs> in your case, it's going to be quite hard for me to, um, to retort. Well, as Stuart Lee said, you can prove anything with facts. But no, I, I, but like, John, should we not, you know, in this day of like the professional football game with the hundreds of millions of pounds at stake, should we not aspire to be more than boom and bust? Should we, not, is there not something to be said for the, the steady consistency of, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think who is well. well, Claude Pearl, I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I you know, we finished eighth and we went to Wembley under Puel and we gave a good go of it. And, uh, you know, I went to the San Siro under, under Puel and all of those things feel a long, far away, a long way away from where we are now. And you could argue with Puel that he had, you know, some better players. He did have arguably better players and better players at his disposal. But like, I, I just, I know what you're saying. We've boomed the bus club and we've had some great results, you know, Six three three one, you know, the famous results go down in history. But I just think, you know, the, the the fans and the community, and the just the sheer investment in the club deserves better. And I think, you know, it's not good. You know, erraticness is not, you know, if, they, if that is a word, it's not a good thing. You know, it what our our kind of vacillation, our veering between kind of chaos and beauty is is not good and i would argue as well that our, our points of even our points of kind of beauty are becoming rarer and rarer you know if you look at like peak ralph ball you know peak absolute peak ralph ball was when we top the premier league not just because of that was when we were top of the premier league but because it just all seemed to work so well you know and if you think about that game where we did that home to Newcastle where you know both the goals were the result of pressing really high up the pitch both really good finishes Shay Adams I think and Stuart Armstrong you know I don't see us doing that so much anymore certainly this season arguably like he almost with the kind of riches that have come with this season in terms of the, the recruitment and I I think we've recruited some I think we've recruited some uh, certainly at least two players that are going to be superstars in Bella Kotrap and Lavia superstars of like the Van Dyke level achievement but like I don't I almost think he doesn't know what to do with that embarrassment of riches yeah I mean this, these these are all all good points and um uh, you know, I've got to admit, I enjoyed I enjoyed it when we went up from you know, League One and the Championship and we went into every game expecting to win and normally did and Ricky mm. Lambert being completely unplayable at that level and yeah, <laughs> having a midfield of like Schneidlin and Lalana and Antonio, you know, 
at, at a level of football that is just sort of unbelievable to think that they're all playing together in the same team at, at the same time with that. Um, you know, I think as well, if you look at Ralph, he's, I mean, he's been with us for, what, four seasons now? This is, mm. um, you know, the first season obviously came in, you know, took over from Mark Hughes, took a while to get going, but, you know, ultimately did what he needed to do and got us out of relegation issues, which I was feeling fairly convinced we, we would get get relegated. Um, you know, if we go back, I mean, we've talked about Pellegrino, who's dreadful. Claude Puel also had a large, loud... You know, I don't know whether it was a majority or a minority of Saints fans who who wanted rid of him, despite the sort of sensible results, slightly placid um, football, I, I, including yourself, Tom. I remember we got to the end of that season and we we did the sort of should should we replace Claude Puel, and uh, you know we came to the end of that debate and decided that we should. So, you know, it's, it's but, interesting yeah. looking, looking back at that. Um, but I think I think part of that though, John, is that. You felt that at the time, like we were really we were a good team, and that they needed like Corpo was a good manager, but another manager could have taken that team even further. Mm. Yeah, we could have won that game at, at Wembley, for example. And I I don't get the feeling now with Saints that we're in that position. You know, like the the team looks like it's in the doldrums. But I have one, but but also I think like, for my you know I'm giving the Ralph out, but I also think. I think for the I don't think he deserves to be sacked. On a personal level, I don't think he does. I think the club needs to change. But I don't but that's different from thinking he deserves to be sacked. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah, so it's like it, it, it's almost like saying it's not working anymore. We need to find a way to sort of mutually part ways, but in a sort of friendly way that says you know, thanks for everything you've done for the club because, you know, whilst there have been some some pretty low lows, there's been some pretty great. Yeah, there's been some great football along the way. I mean, I think what was it? Um, was it in the COVID season when we got, you know, finished eleventh in the league, fifty two points? That was good, wasn't it? I mean, it started yeah. off dreadfully. I think, in fact, if if we look at where we were after eight games, it. we were in exactly the same position. Lost five, one, two, and drawn one in the season where we finished with 52 points. And it got worse as well. After 12 games, we were second bottom in the table and we'd lost eight games, one, two, drawn two. And and, and that seems yeah. remarkable, doesn't it? You yeah, know, it's a big out from one that. Of our sort of boom runs and then ended up, you know, 12th in the league. You know, by halfway through the season. And then obviously but, we finished that season really, really strongly, didn't we? But, but you know, John, I think the reason I gave you earlier before we started recording is why I don't think he should, I don't, why I don't think he deserves to be fired. And, and you know, I, that is because the club has never replaced Danny Ings. And they're asking him almost to do an impossible job, a job that no other team does in the Premier League until the, well, this season is different, but last season, Man City were the only people who played without a record, like who played without like a recognised striker. Now Saints do play with two recognised strikers, but I would argue that they're both not good enough to carry a team at this level in the Premier League. 
So, well, yeah. And, and how yeah. much of that is Ralph's fault and how much of that would change if he brought in a, a different manager? And, and the other sort of... Well, nothing. That's not going to change. Yeah, I mean... That, I mean, the squad's what it is. Yeah, and if we talk about the squad... Um, was it all Ralph that was, you know, did Romeo leave because of Ralph? I, I don't think so, because Ralph played Romeo all the time. So it's, it's, it would be surprising to see him let him go. And, you know, okay, the Gineppo thing. Yeah, you know, how we've still got Gineppo in the squad and Redmond is playing in Turkey, just, I, I don't understand. And, 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 and again, Walcott. was that Ralph? I don't know, I mean... You'll never, we'll never know. But ultimately, if 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 Ralph had probably said that I still think Romero's can play a big part in this team, then I can't imagine they'd have sold him. But I think they could have found a place for Romero because I think it, it's just naive of Saints to think that you know there's no evidence he's in his third season with us now, and there's no evidence that Diallo is ever going to be the player that he needs to be at, at Southampton. He just doesn't look like he's ever going to be that player. He also doesn't even look like he's a kind of ball-winning midfielder. He actually looks more like he plays higher up the pitch. So I just think it, it you know, whilst I don't know if it's Ralph's fault, I think the problem is, is like, I wonder if we've almost got carried away and I think we can get, you know, you can get rid of like your Redmonds, you can get rid of your Romeos, but they bring a lot of experience. And I know Redmond's not everyone's favourite, but... And he, and he calls, you know, he, people get frustrated with his, like, application of his talent. But at least he had talent. At least you could argue that, you know, he would he could do things in a season that we've not seen Walcott get anywhere near. I think Stuart Armstrong looks physically like he, he's not capable of this level, you know, regularly anymore. Gineppo is Gineppo. Leon, um, Stuart... Um, Adam Armstrong is not a left winger, no matter how many times we persist in playing in there. You know, I, it's difficult because I think we've got, we've, we've almost got this weird squad balance of youth and Deadwood yeah. with, with James Ward-Prowse somewhere in the, like, in the, like the only player. You know, like it's almost like they're either kids well, actually, that's probably sorry, a bit harsh. I would say Walker Peters, James Wall Prowse, and, and Shea Adams are probably the only players that look like they could play regularly at a, a, a top level Premier League club, apart from a couple of the kids. You know, like Perot doesn't look like he's there. Gineppo is never going to be the long term solution. As I say, Diallo is a mystery. I just think they just don't, you know, they just don't look. We've got a weird balance. And all of this topped off with two strikers that can't seem to, you know, score even quite presentable chances consistently. I mean, that Che Adams miss at Wolves was unforgivable almost, wasn't it? It's Sunday League stuff, John. And And if you look at, like, if you try and pinpoint moments where things go wrong yeah, he sh- if he'd have scored that we would probably have drawn one all we were pretty comfortable yeah but all of a sudden it sets like and this is again one of the Ralph out arguments is our we go into these like catastrophic tailspins and I, I believe we're in one now the Man, the Man City result is not really 
to be concerned about an actual fact, most people would have probably taken 4 0 away at Man City. Most clubs would probably take 4 0 away at Man City. But the problem is, is we now face on Saturday West Ham, who are on the up, who have spent well, and will and will quite easily, yeah, will physically will bully us and fancy taking three points at St Mary's. And then, you know, the games this is a we're meant to be on the easier run of games. You know, we looked, didn't we? We looked at the start of the season, we thought, difficult run. Let's see if we can get some points. And we did. We managed to get points at Leeds, point at Leeds, point three points at Leicester and three points at Chelsea. And all of a sudden we were almost overachieving. And then we look at this run of games, Everton, Villa, um, Wolves, you know, a run of games which you probably think five points and we get nothing. So the seven points we got before, you know, like yeah, we're, we're nowhere. Your overachieving is sort of outweighed by the underachieving. Yeah, because it doesn't. Because your overachieving isn't overachieving if you if you just revert to type. Yeah, and so you know, and this is another thing with Ralph. He's never seemingly been able to bully the teams around us into victories. We always just, you know, we don't seem to be able to. We get great wins away at Spurs, and then, you know, and then do something, you know, then get hammered by Brentford. You know, like it, it just doesn't. It's. I just think the boom and the bust is too, is too profound, and I almost think they need like well, as boring as he was, you know, he you didn't get that with him. Yeah, you want the guarantees. No. You want to get that washing machine, don't you? I want the washing machine that Ralph, that Ralph didn't promise. But, it, but yeah, I, I think it's sad. But I do, I think, I, I don't, as I say, I really love Ralph. I think he's been great for Saints. I think he's given the club an identity. I think he cares passionately. He cares more than any of us could ever begin to. And I think his heart and soul is in that club. And I think, I feel sorry for him because I feel that like if the club had backed him and I think like, for example, if they'd have got like Gakko, you know, if, if they'd have been able, and they seemingly were quite serious about that, if they'd been able to bring in a strike of that quality, then I, th- I think that's the difference. I think that's the difference between your kind of finishing, no, pushing for eights, and, and right now, and I think we're in, I think we're in big, big trouble, quite simply, because we, I don't think we can score enough goals. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's difficult to see, to see where the goal's going to come from, and that is quite often the end of a Premier League club, isn't it? It's, you know, where you have a team that just doesn't score enough goals. Yeah. And if you if you look at, the, you know, the, the teams in the Premier League that obviously do well always have a consistent goal scorer. And even like, you know, the, the teams that you might think are on our level, like, you know, Leeds at least have Bamford, who is capable of... Like, I don't even think we've got a player who can hit double figures. And... Right. and that wouldn't so much matter if you had like Shalem's hitting nine, Adam Armstrong hitting nine, you know, Ward Prowse hitting seven, Shooks hitting seven, you know, like Ginevra hitting four, but it doesn't. The problem is, is like the goals have just dried up completely. Um, And I just don't know where they're going to come from. But the problem is, is that is, that's not a Ralph problem. That's a team problem. Because the best manager in the world can't come in and make Shay Adams into a Premier League, like a good enough like striker to lead the line in the Premier League um, and score 15 goals a season. Um, so, so, I mean, and, what, what's gone wrong there? Because I think the last time we recorded it was sort of in anticipation of the <clears throat> the Sports Republic ownership takeover. 
and we were talking very excitedly about their sort of like money ball approach to football. But did, did they just have all their eggs in one basket with Gapco? And then when that didn't, f- when, that, when that didn't work out, it was just ah, it was sort of too late. That was our prime target. We pushed it too late. We didn't have a plan B, or we didn't have time to action a plan B. Um, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it all seemed very rushed, didn't it? Mm. And he was playing for PSV the night that we were meant to be signing him. So obviously, PSV probably were quite confident he wasn't going to go. Yeah. Um, I I think this is another issue with with Ralph. Um, is that he seemingly alienates players, you know, and there was a report in the Athletic that after the Everton game that he wasn't talking to the players. And obviously, like, you always hear from players that are uh, unhappy. You know, there was that story in the Daily Mail that, you know, players are unhappy with him. And then shortly after that, Nathan Redmond gets basically exiled from the club. Um, but, like, you know, but Breuer was clearly unhappy with Ralph. Mm. You know, and you could see that and there was no love lost between them. And you wonder, like, is, is you know, this was again something that's come up recently, is he able to kind of put an arm around the younger players and really kind of connect with them? Or is he more of a kind of old-fashioned kind of manager, which is like a bit more distant? And do the younger players need that kind of more paternal father figure? Yeah, he does put an arm around them. He does, he has that emotional connection. And you wonder, like, with sort of someone like Breuer, if, if we'd have had that relationship... We probably would have spent the money, you know. We probably would have spent thirty million on Breuer as like a marquee signing, and you know they could have built the team around him for the next two to three years. And instead, he leaves in a really, you know, obviously like in a really unhappy way, and we're then kind of stuffed. Yeah, I mean, we don't have a striker, and he's not getting loads of game time at Chelsea, so it's just sort of lose lose, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, he signed a new contract with Chelsea, but that doesn't mean anything to Chelsea. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, I, I, who knows whose fault it is, but undoubtedly, like, the system isn't working that we're playing to score goals. You know, we scored two goals most in the game so far. But also, but more importantly than that is, we're still, despite having, like, much better centre, we're still shipping goals. Mm. Uh, like, uh, like, Maybe not at like previously seen levels, but every game, yeah, we just every game we concede, and we don't sort of seem to start playing until we we go behind. Yeah, I mean, have we gone behind? But every wins have come from from behind. behind yeah, and, and then I'm struggling to sort of think of a game came from behind as well. From yeah, down. but I mean, apart from that, like, yeah, we went up against Spurs. You know, we went. You know, we went behind against Man United. We just seem to, you know, obviously we lost, but like we, we don't seem we. There's something wrong, isn't there, that with the players' mentality, and the kind of rock and roll heavy metal football that we used to love, where we sort of just smashed into people and won the ball out of the pitch. We don't seem to be doing that. I I wonder if you know one of the sort of core elements of the Ralph Ball style is the players having confidence in the manager, in the philosophy, and willing to give it a try. And, and you know, when <clears throat> when all the players are following his instructions to 100%, they're smashing into players, they're pressing really hard, they're pressing really high. It is really exciting football to watch. Quite often it works out 
really well. We, you know, we've seen some amazing performances and amazing wins. Occasionally, there's teams that sort of understand how to play through the press and it all goes horribly wrong and there's no plan B, which is frustrating. Um, but we almost don't even have Ralph Ball anymore mm. in terms of its sort of purest form because... You know, there's elements of the dressing room which are, are no longer with him, therefore they're not 100% committed on the pitch and the system doesn't work unless all 11 players are 100% committed. Also, the quality of the players isn't there, John. I mean, like, yeah. you know, one of the things that where Ralph was at his best was it was done from the front and Danny Ings was always... Oh, he was great at pressing. First, you know, like, at first, like, I remember the goal which kind of, for me, exemplified it was, I don't know if you remember this goal as well, Trafford... Pogba kind of dawdles on the edge of the sort of D. Danny nips in. Stuart Armstrong. No, Redmond crosses Stuart Armstrong's course from like five yards. I don't know if you remember this goal. Yeah, I remember it. But it was like it was like a classic moment of like, you know, Paul Pogba, the world's most valuable footballer at the time, just completely mugged by Danny Ings because Danny Ings knew the job. You know, he knew the task, which is to win the ball out of the pitch. And I, I would argue that. We just we just seem to have stopped. You know, I I honestly couldn't tell you what our our style of football is. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It just appears to be like blind panic at the moment. And the weird thing is, is I know Lavi is injured, but hopefully he'll be back soon. Like we've got some real quality in that team. I do believe that Bella Kotchap is going to be world class. I think Walker Peters is among the best right backs in the Premier League, and that's saying something. James Ward Prowse on his day, we all know. But like I, I think there's just not enough of it. And you look at like in front of Walker Peters, Stuart Armstrong again, like is not is not leading the press, is not doing that. You know, I just I think it's a weird team that doesn't quite fit. Yeah, I mean it is strange, isn't it? Yeah, you're right. It, it doesn't seem to fit the style of football that we talk about wanting to play. The, the yeah. players aren't really right for the job. No, they're, they're not. And, you know, we're too, we're too, like, if you look at, like, if, if you look at, like, what we've lost in terms of experience and, you know, we, we, we got rid of, we got rid of experience in a good way because I think one of the best things he's done is, is cull that defence of, of bad, bad memories, you know, almost like the, the Vestergaards, the Stevens, I, yeah, we love Jack Stevens, but arguably, like, you know, they were almost like traumatized mm. by everything that had gone before them. The Bednarex, you know, Bednarex was the end, looked like a kind of huge shell shocked. And I think that's been the right thing to do. But I do think we've almost gone so heavily into youth. We've got this, this weird mixture of youth and players that aren't quite good enough. And it's kind of a toxic combination. Yeah. And I think as well, um, when you have these young squads, you do get boom and bust a, a lot more often. I mean, I think it was only like sort of the start of last season where all the Arsenal fans were calling for the head of Arteta, weren't they? Mm. And he was playing a very young side. Um, now things are clicking for him. Uh, yeah, I, I guess there's sort of like a clear philosophy, but it took some time for the players to get used to it. I, I guess the question is... You know, if Ralph was a new manager and he was eight games in with the new squad, I don't think we'd be having this debate. We'd be saying, you know, the manager's only had eight games. Um, but I think probably the reason why we're having this debate on whether he should stay or, or, 
whether he should go is because despite all the new faces in the coaching staff and the squad, it feels, you know, the start of this season feels very, very familiar. Mm. It doesn't feel like all the changes of coaching staff, of players and personnel has actually moved the club forward. And, and I suppose the sort of one constant in that is the Ralph Hassan at all factor is that we're still having, you know, the, the game against Chelsea, I thought we were absolutely brilliant. Game against Leicester, fantastic. I thought the comeback against Leeds was great after a very, very, very sort of bad start to that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of that is good. It's also familiar with, you know, when we've been good before and then the bad has just been, you know, dreadful and bad. And we're at the, you know, hopefully the end of a run of very, very bad results which have been depressing and all too familiar it's sort of uh, you know if you think of sort of like ralph hassenhuttle as the um the girl you know the the life partner or girlfriend of of a boyfriend of southampton football club they're sort of making the same mistakes in terms of yeah you've asked them not to make you know oh i love you but you've got to stop doing this and this because it's really annoying and otherwise i'm going to leave you and it's do you think he's he's maybe making the same mistakes or doing the same stuff that annoys us over and over and over again? And it's just like it's time it's time to try something else. Yeah, I do, but I, I don't. Again, like, I think he's almost not. I, part of me again, like, he's almost not to blame. Uh, yeah, I, he's not to blame for us not signing. He's not to blame for us not signing a striker. Fundamentally, that's the job of Sport Republic to get that over the line. Yeah. Because there's no way on earth that, like, in his heart of hearts, I imagine if you caught him in a private moment and said to him at the start of the season, Are you happy with Sakimara, Adam Armstrong, and Shay Adams as your three starting strikers? Sakimara has played like seven games in Liga or something, or 14 games in Liga. He, was, he can't, can't, he would never have said yes. Yeah, it's strike goals win games, and we, you know, we are dried up completely. And he must have known that. So he, he he's going into the season with yes, a, a better squad, I would argue, and certainly more talent. But fundamentally, it doesn't matter unless you can get the ball over the line. It doesn't matter, and that's why I think we're seeing all sorts of like, yeah, Joe Rebo starting on the wing, and then end up playing in sort of centre midfield, and then yeah, it, it, it's all kind of a bit chaotic. So let let's say Ralph goes after the West Ham game. Tom Parker is brought in, the second Saints manager called Tom Parker, I think. Finally, getting my dues. <laughs> um, what, what what does what does a new manager do with this squad to get it to work other than just sort of go and knock on the door of Dragon Selak and say, you need to sort out my striker issue in the January transfer window, otherwise I can't do anything with this. I mean, no one's going to say that in an interview. What, 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 what's, what's like, what, what can we do with this? How long is it going to take? Are we going to be safe in the Premier League? I don't think we're safe for a league. I would. I think what the club wanted to do is play. I think what they wanted to do is play five three two. I think you chickened out of it because we've got three what look like very good centre backs. You know, you know the uh, the chap whose whose name escapes me who brought from Marseille 
the Croatian uh, something car, isn't it? I mean, like he, you know, he's not come to sit on the bench of Saints. Right. He's come to play. And the problem we've got is, is we're still making kind of elementary mistakes and shipping goals. But, you know, and also a lot of the goals we're conceding are the same goal. So we're seeing a lot of people targeting the back post, aren't they? And getting a lot of Carl Walker Peters, who should never be in that position. So I almost think that we need, I would go, you know, if we're getting a new manager, I would say we play 5 3 2 to calm things the F down to start getting some control over games because for all his future talent, I don't think Bazuno is there yet and I think he needs more protection. And you get Livramento back probably after the World Cup. That means you can shift Carl Walker-Peters to left-back. So you've got two much more attacking... Because I don't think Perot is, is an attacking left-back in the sort of the style we need. And I don't think Gineppo is because I don't think he's confident enough in his defending to be that sort of gallivanting left-back. So I would say he needs to... Do, I think he needs to go to 5 through 2 and he needs to work out who the two are up front and they need to play together. Because I just don't think... I can't see it being Adam Armstrong. I just can't... I love the guy's effort, but the way we play doesn't seem to suit him because we, we don't seem to play forward passes to try and get him an on goal with his pace. Yeah. You know, we don't. We don't, seem to play, we don't seem to have anyone in the midfield who threads that ball through. So I, I think, like, you know, he needs, to, he needs to almost... The midfield kind of probably picks itself with Lavia, Ward-Prowse and maybe like a Stuart Armstrong, but I, I think the forwards and the, the, and the centre-backs are where he needs to start because we need to start scoring goals and we need to stop shipping them because I, I think that we, we just, we, you know, we can't do either at the moment. We're not, we're not at a clean sheet and the record is terrible. You know, we, I think under Ralph, what is it? Is it three wins in 21 Premier League games now? Yeah, it's pretty dreadful. You know, if you if you extrapolate that over the course of a season, you're looking at what five and a half wins over the course of a season. It's 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 awful. Um, yeah. What what do you think we should do? Well, I mean, I I just think I think getting balance to the squad is definitely the the most in, important thing. I mean, if you look at the the young players, you know, we've got. Lavia, we've got Bella Kotchap, um, we've got Larios, Adozi, uh, Livermento still young, Saliso still young, Mariseku, uh, you know, it's, it sort of goes on. Yeah, Aribo, I mean, Maitland-Niles, like, why have we even signed? There's some players here where what what are we using him for? I know he's adaptable, but it seems actually like we've got a squad of loads of um, players that can play in lots of positions rather than, you know, a couple... It, it's, it's almost like the spine of the team really needs to get settled and that spine mm. needs to be um, experienced and strong and confident. And then you can build up the confidence of the youth players around that so i think you know where youth players do really well it's where they come into a settled team and they can add some energy flair excitement new ideas um and a bit of that risk but it's when when we're looking at it and thinking you know 
you've got sort of like five or six players. I'm going to go and do the Alan Hansen, like you'll never win anything with kids. And, you know, six months time, we'll see. Wow, all, the, all these players are amazing. But there's, there's a journey that needs to go on for, for that to happen. There needs to be some sort of steady heads, I think, in, in the camp to help them with that. And Ward Prowse has been brilliant over the last few seasons. I mean, we used to ask, what is a Ward Prowse? Basically, before Ralph showed up as manager and sorted him out. But he's, yeah. he's off the boil this season. And who else have the players 100%. got to look up to? No one. Romeo's not there. Redmond's not there. Walcott's nowhere near the pitch in terms of playing. You know, who's who are going to be the leaders on the pitch in that? Who's going to sort the heads out when things are going wrong? Yeah. And I, and, and I think it's a really good point. And I think... There, there just isn't that, you know, like Salisa and Bella Kutchup are, are still young. Uh, Walker Peters is, he's either one of our more experienced players and he's 25. Yeah. And I, I just, it, I don't, and also Ralph doesn't seem, you know, if you remember like the Ralph of old where he's constantly talking, he's almost stops doing that. And I think he's got a stronger backroom staff, but, I don't know. It's just all... I think there's so many problems throughout the pitch. I think the point you make about we signed all these players, and I don't quite know what the point of them is, but it's almost like we signed... Like Maitland-Niles wanted, left Arsenal because he wanted to play in midfield. He wants to play in midfield, and everywhere he goes, he doesn't get to play in midfield, and there's a reason for that. Because he doesn't look like he's got the, the athleticism to play centre midfield. He, he, he everywhere he goes, he wants to play centre mid, and he doesn't get it, so he just keeps going around and round and round and merry round. But we, you know, again, like because we don't seem to know what we're doing, we play Diallo, then we play Maitland Niles. It's like we, you know, Diallo, if Diallo is going to get good at this, he needs time, he needs games. And if he knows he's just maybe in there for one or two games until Maitland Niles comes in and then Lavia comes back, how does it really help anyone? Yeah. I don't know. I, I just think as well, like Jack Stevens, he always had you know mistakes in him and stuff. But but you could see that like when he was on the pitch, he was a leader on the pitch. And I think if you think of some of those mm-hmm. sort of backs against the wall games where we've done well, he's always you know he's been at the heart and centre of it, hasn't he? He's kept yes. people, the rest of the team focused. He's kept the energy levels up. He's kept the belief in the players up that they can do this. Same with Romeo. And I just think losing both of those players at the same time has probably done some quite, yeah. I mean, may, maybe even predictable damage to the dressing room. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's just a complete lack of like no one's in charge. And I think James Ward Prowse, for all his brilliance, he's not doesn't strike you as like a leader of men is he in the, in the you know he, I don't doubt he's very he's 100% committed and he's, he can galvanise them but like again is he's he he's lead by example isn't he rather than a, yeah so that's a really good way of putting it yeah. um, the, the other thing as well and so <clears throat> here we go I'm going to say the first seeds of doubt about Sports Republic here you look at that squad and it looks like a lot of um and so I'm just talking sort of slightly financial terms here because they're they're sort of like finance guys, aren't they? <clears throat> you know, Sports Republic. Um, you've got Rasmus Ankerson, Henrik Kraft, 
definitely is, is on this mode. He's one of these investors that goes around, looks at lots and lots of small companies, picks up the companies that he thinks have got potential to go big and invests in them, has a stake in them. Uh, and almost when I go through that whole squad list, it feels more like it's like a bunch of startups rather than a bunch of mature companies. Um, this is probably a really ter- terrible analogy for a football game, but I think that's what maybe the ownership are doing. They're looking at acquiring assets at low value to sell on. The reason why they bought Southampton is because that's a club which has run that system, so players know, know how it works. You come to Southampton, you do well, you get your move to Liverpool or Man United or wherever else. But it feels like the squad is almost entirely based around that model rather than mm. based around the players that are required to make a successful football team. You know, take each one of those yeah. individually and they're all brilliant. Yeah, of course I want a Dozy in my squad because he's got buckets of talent. We know he's going to go on to great things. He's immensely skillful. But you probably only want like a handful of, of those players amongst a much more sort of solid core of players that have got their heads screwed on, that have got experience. They know how to win games because they've done it before. They can draw on their professional experience of winning matches, closing out matches, dealing with pains in the backside, you know, in this shape, that shape or whatever. And I just, I think that's what we're missing from the squad. It feels like we've just got a bunch of assets with a lot of potential to grow and be worth more in two, three years time. Yeah. And also how many, throughout the years if you see players that look great and then it just doesn't happen for them the, the few that it's so rare yeah that players go on to achieve greatness um and like, don't get me wrong i think you know i think like i say belicott and, and lavia look a different gravy and a dozy certainly looks like he's got bags of talent but i would argue as well that we're almost a bit ralph is kind of this weird mixture of like we buy all these players and then we're almost like afraid to use them mm. like i've been surprised that you know, like we need a player that can break the lines and is physically aggressive and is strong and is fast. And we've got a Rebo. And he doesn't seem to be able to find a consistent place. You know, Rebo didn't join Nigeria because he wanted to work on his his fitness or, or his, his place at Saints. You know, you've got a Dozy, all right? A Dozy's only a kid. But like at the end of the day, like Armstrong and Adams aren't capable of scoring worldies. And they're probably more likely to score if someone can get the ball to them in and around the six-yard box. And Adozi seems to be a player, probably the only player we've got in our front four that could just take part, go past people for fun. Yeah. And I think like Ralph is almost caught in that in this in-between stage of like go with what you know. Like a, like a playing, yeah, play like Gineppo on the wing rather than just getting you. Because I think, you know, if all the players are working hard, we can probably afford to have an Adozi in the team. You know, a player that is just going to do something different and with pace. And with, and But I think the problem is he's almost caught, isn't he, between like being safe and going for broke. Yeah. But we are at stage now, you know, the, t- the game on Saturday is a, you know, if we go behind. And let's face it, our record against West Ham is is terrible. And, um, you know, the team is going to... The fans are going to get on Ralph's back. It could get real nasty. And obviously, yeah, I'd, 
the sad thing is, is, even if we do beat West Ham, is it just a stay of execution? You know. Well, yeah, I mean that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, we know with Ralph that we could easily he he sort of always pulls it out of the bag, doesn't he? When when he's under extreme pressure, he suddenly gets a result, that little glint of hope that makes you think, oh, actually, that was great. We can really do that. Uh, you know, he'll probably he'll probably do that between now and Christmas and. Um, I think what's really interesting about this season, you know, there's lots and lots of things wrong with the Qatar World Cup, but in terms of managing a Premier League football club and having a managerial problem, it gives a very obvious window to sort <coughs> out your issues at the club leading into the transfer window. You want to be having a new guy lined up, ready to take over, you know, as all the players disappear for the World Cup. You want your signings to be players that are not playing in the World Cup. So you can do all the groundwork in December. Yeah. And the moment the January transfer window opens, get those things over the line, get them into the squad, get them integrated and get them playing football. And I think that probably one of the reasons why it might be difficult, it might be easier for a new guy to do this over Ralph is like to be able to sort of have that fresh start, choose the first 11, be brave and experiment. So like having a dozy in from the start, for example, because you think he might be the person that can break the lines and, and get the ball to your forwards that can't really make their own goals. Um, whereas I think every time Ralph makes sort of changes to the team, it just feels like, oh, here's another one of his weird formations and weird experiments. And yeah. I think probably that's that's where, where we've got to now is that, you know, four years on, he's a guy that loves the club. He's clearly dedicated to the cause. But you almost just need some fresh ideas thrown at it. Mm. And I, th- I think the sad thing is we thought we'd get that with the new backroom staff. Yeah. And it does appear from time to time to work. Um, but it's just not happening consistently. And, the, yeah, we're already, what are we now, like nine, ten games in the season? We're a quarter of the way through. Yeah. You know, like, it's not looking great. And the next game, you know, West Ham isn't a game we've got traditionally strong results in. Then Bournemouth are doing a lot better than everyone anticipated. And then Arsenal, they ain't getting enough out of that. And then Palace away. So it's like, these aren't easy games. And you have to look, unless we get kind of six points out of the next four games, we're going to be in big doo-doo. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, we, we've just got to get some results somewhere. I mean, I think the amazing thing is, is you look at that round of fixtures and you think, oh, okay, surely we can get some results at Bournemouth and Palace. Um, but, you know, actually, if you look back at the games that we've won since January in the Premier League, it's been Arsenal, Leicester and Chelsea. Mm. So, you know, we might get some points in those next four games, but they're probably not going to be against who we expect. Yeah, and this is the this is the sad thing, isn't it? Again, like my point earlier, like Ralph doesn't seem to be able to bully the teams around us. No, um, you know, it's yeah, it's just yeah, it's very. I just I just don't have any faith that we're going to get anything out of these games, and that's that's alarming because you know you're looking then. By the, by the time this run of games is done, you're a third of the way through the season. 
So, yeah. And also, you look at like players like Teller who are doing it on loan. You know, we've almost like shipped out the wrong, again, like 12 point earlier, we've like shipped out the wrong players. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd agree with that. I think, I think the conclusion that I'm coming to from our conversation about this and looking at it is that we probably do need a change. Um, I don't think it should be necessarily a hasty change. Like, I wouldn't just get rid of Ralph now because you feel like you need to get rid of him. I'd make sure that you've got the right manager set up to take over and that's going to have to be someone that you know they've done all that work with the playbook all that work with the youth teams I don't think we can completely change the footballing philosophy because I think that would shake things up too much Mm. so I think they need to be really really smart about who they appoint but having a a new person in with fresh ideas and a clean sheet without the history of the dodgy results and the boom and the bust to get there. Um, and, and the other thing as well is I don't think we should give Ralph, I don't think Ralph is deserving of some of the vitriol that is directed towards yeah, I agree. Him at the moment because I think he's a decent Blake. I think he's tried really hard for Saints. At the moment, it's not working. And we've explained, you know, the circumstances over this podcast, the squad, the strikers, you know, the change of ownership. He had a pretty unfortunate time of being manager whilst Gal was the owner. You know, he he, he did quite well, I think, generally in the circumstances. You know, despite a few uh, horrific results along the way, but ultimately, sort of, he kept us in the Premier League, and we had some decent fun along the way at, at times. Um, but it does sort of feel like, you know new era with Sports Republic, let them get their person in, let them give it a whirl in terms of how they they want to run the football club in terms of the footballing sense and see what happens. But actually say, you know, thanks to Ralph because he has done overall a good job. And if you compare him to the Premier League managers um, that we've had, you know, since we've been back in the Premier League, he's, he's basically slap bang in the middle. You know? Yeah. With a, with a more difficult owner, like you say. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he deserves to go there. That Pochettino and Kuman had. Yeah, well, no, I don't. I don't think he deserves to go, but I think he kind of has to go. Yeah. Um, I hope he proves me wrong. I'd love him. To, I'd, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd love to see Ralph stay a couple more years and kind of build on Sport Republic and then hand over a, a really, you know, exciting, still relatively young team of, you know, Livramento, Bellacotta, Walker Peters, Ward Prowse. You know, that, yeah, Salisu, Bazunu. There's a core there of really good players um, if they can all come together. And even like, you know, Rebo is only 26 or something, 25. So, yeah, I just, I, my worry is he's not going to, he's either going to not get the time or they're going to give him the time. And by the time that we give him the time, it's going to be too late. So, I do feel sad about it. So, your dragon, Solak, what do you do? When do you pull the trigger? I'm. I don't think they're gonna. Because I think if they were gonna, they'd have done it after Man City. So I don't think they're gonna. I think they're holding out until after the Liverpool game, when you've got like a, a no, month and a half to sort it all out. 
No, because I think that if they really felt that they were in a position, well, there's two things, isn't there? One is they will only pull the trigger when the right manager is available. But you have to assume that that right manager is someone they've already identified, someone they know they can get and is available. Now, but I don't think they're going to, I think they're going to keep him. I think they'll keep him and we'll probably stay up. Just probably. Uh, and what 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 but, do you think is going to happen on the way? We're going to have a horrendous result, losing to Nottingham Forest. That's going to feel like the pits, but then you know beat Liverpool. I, I don't think we're going to score. Mate. I don't think we should. I don't think Saints fans should prepare for a fun season with lots of goals. Like I think it could be really bleak in terms of goals. I think the main hope we've got is that better contract with Salisu and Bazzini, you know, really start being like a bit of men mountains and, and kind of stop us shifting some goals but I don't think it's going to be a fun season for Saints fans I really don't and I think like there's almost there's bad energy around the club which is the opposite to what it should be you know like but then having said that I'm all bleak but then I'm like well hang on you get Lavia back you get Livramento in that team you move Walker Peters out to the left gives us a completely different dimension to how we play football so so, so I, I think you've basically, you've made the case for Ralph out. I've made the case for Ralph in. I think you've convinced me, but you've also said that basically if you're the owner, you wouldn't really be willing to sack him. And you think we're not going to sack him. And you think we've got another season of Ralph. So what do we do now? We just try and get behind the team and, and hope for the best. Yeah, I don't, I don't well, uh, I, I don't think we're going to sack him. Because I think if they're going to sack him, you'd wait till after the Man City game. You know, you'd have sacked him on the Sunday. Someone would have had a clear run at West Ham at home on Saturday, which you know, is a winnable game. Um, so I don't think any. I I I I think that they will continue. I think they will continue until they actually have to sack him. And I've got a feeling that things won't get that that bad. But I don't know why I feel like that because we don't score any goals and we keep conceding loads. <laughs> <laughs> There's no reality in my world. It's all, it's all nonsense. So, well, you know, I, I think this is going to be like an immensely frustrating listen <laughs> for anyone who's tuned back into the Saints FC podcast because we've now chatted for an hour. We've not really drawn any conclusions. Um, no idea. But, you know, uh, it's, it's maybe not about the final destination but about the journey, right, Tom? Oh yeah, and what a journey it always is. Yeah, um, with Saints. I've uh, you know I, I've really enjoyed uh, chatting Saints uh, again, Tom. And even though the circumstances are a little bit bleak at the club, so let's hope the club give us a reason to record another podcast in a in sort of sunlit uplands in the not too distant future, eh? Yeah, for sure. Well, in the meantime, it's been lovely to speak to you, John. Yeah, yeah. Right, listeners, thank you for, for sticking with us. I hope you've enjoyed this little uh, foray back into the, the Saints FC podcast. Um, yeah, it's time it's time to say goodnight. Um, although, yeah, you'll probably be listening to this in the morning. So, yeah, have a nice day at work. Take care, everyone. <laughs>